2: All right. Here's a hetero, here's a straight hetero story for you. I couldn't have sex with them. I I would I wouldn't be able to not laugh.
3: Hello and welcome. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. theballerlifestyle.com. It's me, Brian Beckner. Episode seventeen. You know the routine. Uh, Stoked you're here. Stoked you're tuning in. Tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Do all of that stuff. Do everything. Make people know about this. Help us out. Do us a solid. A couple new things happening on the website. Today we debuted our mailbag feature. Will allow me to retort. And uh, so I encourage you. There's a new email address. mailbag. At the baller lifestyle.com and send us anything. Uh, we're really trying to make this more interactive. So, if, if you have questions, statements, soliloquies, really jokes, or what you guys think are jokes, we'll be the judge of that. So, send, we got some good ones, we got some good final fours, we got some interesting responses when we put it out there last week and we responded them to to them today in the first mailbag blog post so that's something we'd like to do every week like if we get enough responses um, we'll we'll talk about them on the show we'll post them on the blog you know just any any way that we can make maybe we'll put out more topics as we go along um, and, and you can respond topically so mailbag At the ballerlifestyle.com. Also, another feature upcoming is our sex and relationship advice column, which I feel like has a lot of potential. Fancy sex. That's that's gonna be staffed and written by our own pop culture correspondent Fancy Sauce. So any kind of your sex, you gotta, you know, your dong's too big got an extra ball, you're not taking care, care of the wife, like I'm more interested in the relationship stuff, but any kind of sex and relationship inquiries you have, anything you want to talk about, send that to Fancy Sex and Fancy, you guys should all know by now, Fancy, F-A-N-C-E-E, Fancy Sex at theballerlifestyle.com and we want to make that a feature and that will that, all be, both will be anonymous if that's what you want, if you want us to put your email on there, we'll do that too. But just try to make it more interactive, more interesting, more of you talking to us um, and vice versa. Coming up on the show today, the final four just popped off this week. The NCAA championship between two of the just dirtiest, dirty college basketball programs there have ever been. Uh, So that, I I can't imagine anybody being too excited about that, but it's definitely something that needs to be discussed because no one seems to want to talk about, hey, look at all these dirty, dirty programs doing dirty things because there's just too much money involved, I guess. But we're going to talk about that. Uh, Pro-wrestling, a lot lot going on with pro-wrestling. I wouldn't know about it because uh, sometime back in the 80s, I had an 11th birthday and at that point didn't care anymore about pro-wrestling, but... I don't, as far as I know, I don't follow anybody under the age of 13 on twitter.com, but apparently lots of people that I do follow are really into pro wrestling. And the Ultimate Warrior, who's a guy from my child, I know the Ultimate Warrior. He's like one, like all these guys you're talking about now, I don't know about. But I know about the Ultimate Warrior because he was doing his thing when I was nine, which is when you're supposed to be into wrestling. So that he he's dead by the way breaking news ultimate warrior dead also ultimate warrior guy that called himself the ultimate warrior as an adult something to think about um and also uh, there was a wrestlemania and people are freaking out because the undertaker who's a character lost for the first time I, apparently they don't know it's scripted it's not there's no real winning or losing it's just whatever they tell him to do they do so we'll talk about that and then of course Everybody's favorite topic, or everybody's favorite segment, I should say, fancy pop. The pop pop culture report coming up later with Fancy Sauce, and I don't know what she's bringing. I'm sure she's she's been watching Lohan, so get ready for that. I, I've actually I've kept pace with Lohan a little bit. I'm one episode behind, so I'll I will be gaining some knowledge from this as well. But we're definitely talking Lohan and, and whatever else is going on in the world of pop culture. You know, I don't I don't stay abreast of that stuff. So that's why we bring on Fancy Sauce because she's gonna clue us in on everything we need to know. Joining me now, as always, best part of the show, my favorite person to interact with online and off, my main man, Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going?
4: Brian, it's, uh, it's going well. One, I'm, I'm very relieved you, you introduced – slowly introduced the uh, love and relation or a sex and relationship advice column. But you didn't say it was going to be written by fancy and I was getting a little nervous that I might have to be asked to give any sort of advice on sex or relationships. Oh, which...
3: you, will, you will be asked to weigh in <laughs> at some point because I, I feel like for lack of a better term. Fancy and I are going to tag team this. She'll, she'll offer – sort of like what you and I do with the mailbag. Gotcha. We, we, we get the questions or we both respond to whatever's sent in. And I think that Fancy and I will do the same thing. We'll have the male perspective and the female perspective on any questions we get. I can't imagine we're going to get a lot of female questions. <laughs> I mean questions from females. But but hopefully we do. Um, well, yeah. I would just
4: say my my sex technique. Uh, huh. You know whoa, what, whoa, the, whoa, whoa 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 whoa. Well, I'm going to tell you this. This whoa. is what I know about sex. Whoa. Whoa. You know the movie Big when like the 13 year old boy becomes Tom Hanks and yes. he has sex in the bunk bed. Yes. Like I'm kind of like that. Like you, if you didn't know better, you'd think I was just a 13 year old boy transported into a man's body. I
3: mean, you. You like to downplay it. I mean, I don't I don't know you that well. I don't know I know that you're a married man. I don't know your wife although I've offered you several times to ask her to be text buddies with me because I feel like <laughs> she said she said that sounds like a good idea
4: and that's when I ended the discussion.
3: Yeah, I feel like she and I could be mates. I feel like we could forge a bond. Uh, that hasn't come to fruition but i and i know you like to downplay your sexual prowess but i'll i'll just offer this of the two people in this conversation one of us i know for a fact is a member of the mile high club and i'm just going to say it's not me
4: <laughs> that that is that is technically incorrect <laughs> one of us has one of us is almost been a member of the mile high club well there you go <laughs> all right shall we get to it <laughs> what do you want, i mean i'm not asking you to tell the story cool. i'm just okay yeah. I, I'll, I'll try to make it as quick as possible okay
3: just like right. just like your trip to the bathroom on united on united airlines
4: oh yeah are you not allowed are, are you allowed back on united airlines by the way uh what well, I, well, I don't even remember what you're talking about what was the bathroom trip oh your the, your mile high club Oh the my- yeah this was uh, Virgin Atlantic oh, okay. which virgin virgin would be the key word there right um so uh it was a trip uh, to Europe in college baller i am wearing my girlfriend down like yeah. just come on let's let's give it a shot it it was a i think it was a red eye so like a lot of the lights were off and I figured here's here's my chance. Like let's let's do this. And so finally, I caught a moment of weakness, whatever it was, mm-hmm. maybe a cocktail. She agrees. So she's like, "All right, let's go. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back there, and then you can meet me. You can meet me. Uh, you know, thirty seconds, whatever, or something stupid that obviously anyone who was paying attention would know what was going on. Of course, but everybody's asleep. So right, right. So." I excitedly, maybe after 11 seconds, I uh, with a little uh, pep in my step, go right back to the uh, the uh, restroom and I go in and it's super cramped. Like those are small, small areas when when you're using it to just relieve yourself, you notice how small it is. But then when you're thinking mile high club, you start romanticizing it and you're like, all right, yeah, we can do this. Two people. It's unacceptable
3: in there. Oh, it's practically impossible. It's, if you smell
4: as bad. If, if you've bad. ever
3: had to evacuate on an airplane, and I'm not saying I have, but if I had, I would know that it's extremely difficult to do anything like get your pants up and down in an, in an airliner restroom. Practically impossible. Go on.
4: All right. So we get in there, and then it's a quick discussion of logistics.
3: All right, yes. leg,
4: leg here, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there starts to be some disroving going on. But then it's dark, and you, you really don't want to chance it in the dark. It, I mean, the amount of pubes and blue water Whoa. and all, all the stuff going on there, like, you need some light in there.
3: The odor. I, I can't get past the odor because I feel like two seconds into the flight,
4: that bathroom is reeking. Go on. And I know shit's got to go down real quick or else— the, the the whole thing is going to be lost. Like that smell is probably going to overwhelm her soon. So I had to get it done. Yeah. So I'm just scrambling to find like why the light isn't on. I'm hitting things on the wall, buttons.
3: I'm I'm guessing that a, a 19-year-old Ed Daly doesn't might,
4: have – Might not have kept my cool so much.
3: Right. And I, I don't think um, finishing quickly w- was going to be an issue for you.
4: Finishing quickly is never an issue for me. Good for you. Um, And – I was hitting things on the wall, like trying to get the light on, and I finally we're 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 at least pantsless. Yeah, I'd say both of us are pantsless. Maybe that's what's going on. And uh, all of a sudden, there's a, a commotion at the door, and the door swings open, and one of the flight attendants is just staring at me and me with little Ed just <laughs> hanging out, flapping in the breeze. Big little Ed. And it's a British flight attendant and she's like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. What? What is it? We, we do not do that here. And I was like, well, ah, just we're brushing our teeth. I I, I don't, uh, the, the light wasn't on. She's like, yeah, the, the latch, you, you had not locked the door. So that's why the light didn't go on because it hadn't been fully latched. And then I was like, well, we're just brushing our teeth in here and it just wasn't working. And then I looked back at my girlfriend and, uh, the, uh, that would have been my final chance at the Mile High Club. Uh, great, great story. I was going to say – She had already been fully dressed and like there was no – she – I'm lucky she didn't dump me on the flight.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed you didn't dump something on the flight, but still. It's almost <laughs> yeah. better that she makes for a
4: better story. Can you imagine going through customs now? At that point, needing a release, it was a, it was a it was a rough customs line. I'll tell you, you that you much.
3: were carrying some. You had something to declare. <laughs> yes,
4: that's right. Are, are, are you bringing anything
3: into the country <laughs> that you need to declare? And you are like, unfortunately, I've got, yes.
4: I've got thousands of excess little e's.
3: You were like, uh, what's that movie with Johnny Depp where he's a drug smuggler? Blow. You 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 were like a you you were like an extra from Blow. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to – just real quick, I wanted to get – David Letterman retired this week or, or announced his retirement, Ed. Yes. and I feel like that's a big – that's just beyond the fact that it's a sign that we're getting old. That's part of it. I, I mean anybody that's our age, around our age, even older guys. I know but like my I, uncle I turned me – yeah, my uncle turned me on to Letterman when I was a kid he is such a cultural icon for us and he did it so differently than everyone else and i feel like he probably should have you know turned in his wrestling shoes 10 years ago because he's he's been mailing it in for a while and he's not really on the radar but he he's still him and he's still the best i mean he's he was the original rebel he was the first guy that just did it by not giving a fuck and he didn't a lot of times you see people that don't give a fuck now and they're trying not to give a fuck. And right
4: it's it's a manufactured not give a fuck. Totally.
3: I agree 100% and and Letterman was organic. He was blowing up TV executives on his show. He just did not care. He he was the original TV rebel and he, you know, people would be scared to be interviewed by him because he wouldn't take their bullshit. He would make them look bad if they looked bad. And th- that's the thing that always struck me and that I think he will be remembered for is they always said that Johnny Carson was the master of making his guests look good. And to me, Letterman was always the master of making his guests look like themselves. So if a guy was a douche
1: – he
4: made them bring their A game. Yeah, like, yeah. If you just showed up with no agenda, you weren't going to say something funny like – you were going to fail miserably.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, he really was the best. And it's, it's really the end of an era. And, you know, I'm happy for the guy. He's a miserable guy, obviously,
4: or he appears to be a miserable guy. But he, he... <laughs> I, love, I still, I still watched him in the DVR age. I would just, uh, Record every show and then just kind of zip through it like once a week kind of thing.
3: Yeah, I, I did that for a while too where I would just watch. I would like watch till he got to the guest and then I would fast right. forward to the musical guest usually if it was a good one. But uh, yeah, he, he's, defi- he's definitely still worth a watch. He, he still has a little bit of that magic left even if he's not – doesn't have the same fire that he used to but it's kind of a bummer.
4: Like, yeah, in in recent years, I'd say my highlights, like, obviously, in the old days, he would just do these random bits where he would go, you know, harass uh, NBC executives or, yeah. you know, different things like that. But, like, in recent years, when Joaquin Phoenix came on with, like, this agenda that he was going to run a con on Letterman, right. and so, like, that was the, that was, like, one of those times where even Letterman, who was somewhat on autopilot, like, when a guy came in and he was trying to do something different and, like, trying to do something silly at Letterman's expense and he was filming that like fake documentary and Letterman just ran him right out of the gym. Yeah. Like, just he, skewered him and then ran up the score on it. Yeah. Like,
3: he had sunglasses cool. on. Like you you don't you do that to Leno. Like Leno's a softy. Right. He's a pushover. You don't do that to Letterman. He's too tough. That that was a that was a bad strategic move on my man Joaquin Phoenix, who's been quite the topic of conversation on this show.
4: That's true. Maybe we we'll get true. Maybe we we'll get him as a guest we we know somebody who knows somebody who had sex with you. Right. We, we got we got stuff. We heard and my, yeah I was gonna say, and my personal favorite of recently with Letterman is when Paris Hilton got out of jail and she he was like one of the first interviews and she was pitching something like fragrance line or clothes. and I remember he just kept asking her about prison, and she goes, oh, I'm not interested in talking about that, Dave. and he goes, well, here's the thing. That's the only thing I'm interested in talking to about,
3: <laughs> but he's the way he said it with a smile on his yeah. face and a laugh, it's, it's like, like you could never Jay Leno would
4: never say that, yeah really... never, and he just didn't care he didn't care what oh is Paris Hilton gonna boycott my show like boo-hoo
0: yeah that was the thing
4: he wasn't he wasn't like concerned he never he didn't beat Leno for fifteen twenty years whatever it was. He always lost to Leno, but that wasn't the thing. He had security at CBS, so he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Right? I love think, that
3: guy. I think it sort of stuck in his craw that he, he didn't beat Leno. But the thing is, is that the most popular thing is never the best thing.
4: All that is is an indictment of America. That's totally. not an indictment of, of the quality of the program.
3: The number one rated show on television is NCIS. Do you know anybody that's ever seen NCIS?
4: I, I, I don't – aside from sports – I don't think i've watched cbs in you know, maybe since i was in like eighth grade no 60 minutes maybe yeah 60 minutes sure yeah i'll, right. I'll watch so that, that doesn't anytime. count but, but, right yeah all right well like fair random shows no
3: right farewell dave you're the fucking man i you're just one of my all-time heroes and idols and you are for most guys my age i think anybody that has a clue that grew up in, in our era loves you so uh ed the final four the NCA championship popped off, and wouldn't you know it was between just off probation Connecticut and eventually on probation Kentucky. What did you think about that Final
4: Four? Connecticut for some reason gets has always gotten a full uh, like a free pass. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's because it's close to ESPN and they've they've had a good relationship with the school, but like it's also just become this especially in the New York area, like it's become also a bandwagon team. Like I, I, I've known a couple of people who have gone to Yukon, but for the most part, it's just like, you know, this random team. And if, if you had ever seen stores, Connecticut, like you would not be on the bandwagon. It's like the worst place on earth. It, it's always a little
3: curious when there, a school comes out of nowhere and suddenly becomes a powerhouse, Take well, Connecticut's a good example for a while when Mr. Calipari was there, UMass was was right. making runs in the NCAA tournament and they even went to a eventually vacated Final Four. But it's always a little curious and no one seems to ask questions like why are all these guys going to the University of Connecticut? How no it's the they, worst
4: Connecticut. It's not like Connecticut right on the edge of New York City. It's just dirt stick. Connecticut.
3: Yeah, why? Why do so many guys from L.A. decide to go to Kansas to go to college? <laughs> right. Right. You, you know, it's almost like they need to be offered an extra incentive.
4: Something. Something. It's maybe it's just the quality of their education. Yeah. Oh, of course. That's what they're
3: going for. I mean, the high, the high edge uh, academic standards. And sa- same with Calipari,
4: wherever he goes. I mean, everywhere he's gone. Had gone on probation. Yeah. Everywhere. Yes, yes. He's, Memphis went. He, UMass. He
3: showed up to Kentucky and he'd never been to a Final Four because the two he'd gone to previously had been vacated. That's that a record that will never, never be broken. Two separate schools, two vacated Final Four. It should be the first thing on his resume – he should have to wear a tie that says two vacated Final Fours at two different schools. That should be his punishment from the NCAA.
4: And I get when people say, oh, you can't really compete without breaking rules. I get that there are certain rules that are broken yeah. at any daytime school. But to be put on probation at these places means you have to be egregious in your violations. Like that shows you're super dirty because you can't even operate in, under the dirty uh, setup they already have. And, and, and if that's the case – and it is the case. Let's be honest.
3: The rules are bent every day, and they need to be. But put it on front street. Be like, hey, look, we have to do this. This is the only way to do it. Stand up and say that, – that's the thing that always drove me crazy about Lance Armstrong is that, yeah, he cheated. But he, act, he acted holier than thou, and he draped himself in his fucking cancer cloak And when he should have just said, look, you have to do this. this I'm riding my bike up a banging. mountain.
4: Right now he's saying it. It's impossible to win the Tour de France without without drugs. It is, and everyone knows that it is. So just say it and put it on front street. And Calipari, to me, he's so
3: greasy. I was I was actually kind of hoping that they would win, and obviously not because I like him. Au contraire, it's just that when the NCA comes with the sanctions, and you know that they're going to, I want the cats to vacate. Not one. But two national championships right. to bookend his two already vacated final fours.
4: But of those two schools, Yukon or Kentucky, I actually, I wasn't thinking I would, but I found myself pulling for Kentucky because at least he's just up front greasy. Yes. like Yukon has been running this like weird rogue program that, that nobody's talking about. And it's been, I mean, they've won what four titles since 99. Like, yeah. and they got they were on probation last year but still people don't talk about it like a dirty program
3: yeah and so. Jim. yeah jim calhoun seems to dodge it like he was super dirty he bounced you know he re- oh i want to retire like right before they got probation and right. now he wants to coach again and yeah you almost have to like calipari because he literally drips cheese like hey john <laughs> what's that running down the back of your neck is that Velveeta? and no no one ever calls him on it it should it should be the first thing on his resume here's john calipari the coach who'd never been to a final four before coming to kentucky since they were both vacated
4: <laughs> i just yeah. yeah yeah it's super greasy um the other thing about the final four jim nance oh. hello friends oh. hello friends just the worst and he's he's got to be a top 5 worst guy he's
3: really so vanilla okay here's he's he's not the worst joe buck's the worst
4: joe bucks the the absolute worst because he's pious boring and just he thinks he's funny which is to me the worst quality of all
3: he's not yeah he thinks he's funny he's not funny he's very pious you're right about that that's a great and great analysis he's so monotone he he called the david tyree catch it almost sounded like he was yawning It's the, it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the Super Bowl, and you would never know it unless you saw the visual because the way he called it was just like, "Oh, Manning breaks free, over the middle, caught."
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, good you, job, buddy.
3: You really sold that. You know who? You know who dodges a lot of bullets but sucks?
4: Mike Tirico. Tirico, um, if. I, if memory serves me correctly, I think he one once upon a time got a little grabby with ESPN staffers. Yeah,
3: he he was known to perv around. It's documented in that ESPN book. He he was super <laughs> pervy, and now he calls everything, and it's a yawn fest every time he does it. There's no, <clears throat> there, there there's more than Joe Buck, but there's
4: very little inflection in Mike Tarico's voice. Right, he's he's a, a real snoozer, and I'll tell you one guy that. Is mostly a studio guy who has shit for brains, but occasionally they throw him a bone and let him do one baseball game or one Monday night football game. Is Berman? Oh,
3: yeah. Well, Berman's the worst of the worst.
4: But he's, he's, <laughs> Berman a, he's a is the worst. He's what he's what happens like when a uh, like a third grader gets complimented for being funny. Like he he's the third grader that is now put in charge of ESPN.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. He he did something like he got there early right they put him on everything when they didn't have any sports or anything and he just kind of hung around and just kept doing the same oh he hit I, liked
4: when
3: I, was, I liked him when
4: i was like nine right or like eight i was like oh look that guy's got a nickname for bert blylevin what a what a funny guy and then you realize that like for every one nickname there's like a thousand horrible nicknames don
3: like- welcome mattingly
4: yeah. Oh my God. Jeff Feagles of the Eagles. That might be the worst nickname of all time. It's
3: just because it rhymes. Uh, yeah, Eagles is right in there. Uh, Pete Harnish Racing. uh You know. Yeah. You know. He sits. It seems up...
4: like the type of guy you would love to punch right in the throat. Yeah. From. Uh, yeah. He's
3: supposedly a really nice guy, but he sucks. Still want to punch him? Yeah. Yeah. You do. He.
0: <laughs>
3: he sucks at his job for sure. Yeah. But not a pretty forgettable Final Four. For sure, and they all are anymore. Like it's really like I was legitimately shocked when I heard that Louisville won the NCAA championship last year. <laughs> like you're,
4: let, you're f- shocked because it happened last year? It, well, I, I
3: vaguely remembered it, but then I was like, okay, yeah, that did happen. But wait,
4: it was well, last year. Remember Louisville's coach?
3: Yeah, oh yeah, another
4: guy. Yeah, Patino.
3: Yeah, he slayed a chick. He's married. He sexed a woman. On he told he went to a restaurant that he normally goes to. He was at a restaurant. He realized this chick was down to sex him, and like the chivalrous romantic that he is, instead of whisking her off to the Four Seasons or the Ritz Carlton, whatever they have, you know, the Red Roof Inn, considering it's Louisville. He he just told the owner, "Hey, leave me the keys after you close up." Then he sexed her for all of fifteen seconds on a table.
4: Yeah, just slide slide the broccoli, Rob, over to the side. Yeah, yeah, push <laughs> push <laughs> the tiramisu aside. Finish. This isn't just any woman. This was his equipment manager's wife. Right. I, well, I think he, she she became the equipment manager's wife later. She, uh, I, I don't know. I. Think yeah. they got a divorce because of this incident?
3: I, I think it was the other way. I think they they're, oh. they got married and divorced since. But we we should. Well, it's it's incidental because he he sexed her for fifteen seconds, ejaculated inside of her because <laughs> he's Catholic. Apparently, even
4: even I laugh. Even I laugh at this performance.
3: <laughs> and then just bounced. Was like, okay, see you later. Yeah, I'm we're done. Good, like. Right? Not not a guy that's really into her pleasure, we can say.
4: It's a race to the finish, and he won. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, one last thing about the Final Four. Tell the me. The ads. The ads for Bud Light. I texted you about this. Yes. Bud Light is advertising a reclosable bottle. Right. Is there one person on Earth that would drink a half a bottle of Bud Light? Like, I get it. It's shit beer, but I've, I've been in stadiums and I've slugged down a half dozen of them. Like, that's that's kind of what that beer is. Yeah. To drink a half of a bottle of Bud Light means that you think it's worth saving or maybe having a little bit later. Like, like it, unacceptable. Yeah. Just throw, throw it in the garbage if you only want a half of one. It, but, like, that's that's a six or seven beer kind of beer, not not a half a beer.
3: It's, it's shit beer. You should drink it. In like 14 seconds. Like there shouldn't be – there's no reason to savor a
4: Bud Light. Right. The only, the only people – I was thinking about this. The only people that I think are worse that, than people that would have half a beer are those people that ask for the mini spoons so they can sample the ice cream flavors. Oh,
5: yes. Yes.
4: <laughs> can, I, can I try that Rocky Road? I, yeah, like, what do you need to
3: work out? Like, look at the just flavors. Just roll the dice. Yeah, It's only
4: the... a few bucks. It's a few bucks. Like, if you really fuck up, like, all right. you If you're, you're on Skid Row, you shouldn't be buying ice cream anyway. Like, just roll the dice on those three bucks scoop and go with it.
3: Yeah, and who's... Like who you know what you like already. You don't need. Yeah, who doesn't have an informed opinion
4: on ice cream at this point? <laughs> you know, you know the
3: ingredients, and it's ice cream. You're going to be done with it in two seconds. It, it makes me kind of wonder though, it like what's next? If they're resealing Bud Light, are they are they going to come out with like an aged natty ice, <laughs> or or a recorkable Keystone like Keystone <laughs> that comes in like a real
4: fancy bottle? <laughs> It's got like it's got like old English font on the Keystone yeah. bottle.
3: Yeah, you got you got to like pop you <laughs> pop it like a champagne cork, and then you got to you got to reseal it with one of those like chrome tops that snaps down over the top.
4: The, the the gentle violin music in the commercial. I remember when old man Keystone brought out his favorite batch, <laughs> an old family recipe, and we got fucked up and chased our sisters. <laughs> Don't wait don't spill
3: any of the Natty ice, son. $5 a 12 pack. Good stuff. Uh okay. Uh pro wrestling. We talked about this. What I'm not 9
4: years old. I don't I I I couldn't believe what was happening. It was Saturday night and I think I was watching the Final 4 games. Maybe maybe a Sunday, I don't know. I was watching a sporting event. And I just checked Twitter and or maybe Facebook, and I saw a ton of posts about about like wrestling, like like not not tongue in cheek references, not which means you paid you did pay per view for wrestling, but just just real like authentic wrestling references. Like I can't believe Ultimate or not Ultimate Warrior, uh, Undertaker lost, and and people were they had opinions. They said, oh, I bet a lot of people lost money on this. Like money, what? This is – what? It's, what It's scripted. You can, how could you bet on it? Yeah. P- people so, know the outcome. I, I saw – I watched wrestling once as an adult and it was when I went to the movie The Wrestler starring Mickey Rourke. <laughs> right. That's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Good movie and uh, uh, it still uh, uh, satiated my Marissa Tomei oh. uh, desires. I – you know, sometimes I, I
3: feel bad I should I should call Marissa Tomei and apologize because – Sometimes I forget when I'm thinking of the great hotties, the great modern hotties. Marissa Tomei is right is, at the top of the list. She's definitely a fucking up there. babe. Yeah. She's super sexy.
4: To rip off to rip off a line from the great uh the late great G- Greg Gerardo Geraldo. Uh she's caused me to lose more uh spill more seed than Muhammad Ali holding a bird feeder. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah have to agree such, such yeah i'm i'm a big big fan of marissa tome uh yeah i don't know uh, i also like that undertaker you have to call him taker like you
4: know him yeah like, i saw that and i saw a bunch of taker tweets yeah. and i what I, what what what's going on here i can't believe taker lost and it's apparently a big
3: deal that he lost to brock lesnar who i thought was in the ufc
4: i thought yeah i thought he was a real like fighter like a guy who yeah. like masked faces and uh, – yeah, like did the, the – ult- yeah, the ultimate yeah, fight in think, UFC. Right, I think right, right. he got his ass kicked in that. So
3: now he's had to come groveling back to the WWE and – but I, apparently he doesn't rate with the fan base. Like if, if air quotes Taker is going to lose, he's got to lose to like somebody they all respect and I don't know who that would be. But it's not yeah. Brock Lesnar.
4: I wasn't a I wasn't a wrestling guy as a kid, but I get kids are were into it or are into it. Yeah. But wasn't Undertaker when we were kids or am I confusing him with he, someone else?
3: You're a little bit you're a little bit younger than me. I think he came around towards the end of my so yeah, he would have been a wrestler when we were children, but That's after that. I moved on from my wrestling phase. Okay. So, yeah, he's he's been around a while, which is weird because usually those guys die when they're 39.
4: That's right. If it, I don't think we focus properly on this, but not to make light of the ultimate warrior passing, but uh, any death pool that you participate in, you should you should overload it like heavyweight wrestlers. Oh, yeah, totally.
3: Well, I mean, I don't – I know I've been out of the wrestling game for 28 years or so, but I didn't – I assumed that Ultimate
4: Warrior was dead already. Yeah. He looked like the kind of guy that was giving his heart as much as it could take in 1987.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I'm laughing at somebody this time. I know.
4: It is sad because I think he had kids and all. Like I get it. But – you these guys i i maybe i'm gaining too many facts from the movie the wrestler but it seems like it's either cocaine or steroids that is just what you're doing it's a pretty hard life. life and and they showed him i guess he just
3: made an appearance like this weekend on at maybe at wrestlemania i'm not sure but i saw a clip and he's S- was still very red he, uh, he was yelling, spitting had a <laughs> lot of like veins in his neck had a- was wearing a jacket with an airbrush picture of a younger version of himself on it Like it's not really much of a shock, also looked a little unnaturally muscular still in his 50s, it's not a shock <laughs> to me
4: that maybe he had taxed his body to the limit over the years and I, I think I mentioned uh, around the Super Bowl that my buddy did the uh, Radio Shack ad. They tried to get Ultimate Warrior for the commercial, yeah. and when he found out Hogan was involved, he told him, "No, either him or me."
3: I <laughs> love so- that they all hate each other. Everybody yeah. hates
4: Hulk Hogan because he was like the face of the thing for the for right. a long time. He probably he probably made ten times the yeah. rest of them combined. Yeah, he was. I'm sure that's what it was. I mean, he might have been a cocksucker, but like. Uh, Ultimately, ultimately for the Ultimate Warrior, it was about I'm sure just dough. That guy was Hulk Hogan
3: got paid. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he was probably making like two million dollars in the '80s, and the rest of them were making like eighty grand and having to fly to Des Moines every Friday night. You know.
4: So, being the good friend, I've I've told my friend that that probably got his heart. Beating a little overtime, and it's clearly that that death is on his hands. Yeah, so not, not suggesting bu- it's in the commercial.
3: That he he had pinned his hopes on that Super Bowl commercial. Also, like somebody's <laughs> offering to put you in a Super Bowl commercial, you might get some appearances out of it, maybe a speaking engagement. It's going to take you half a day to shoot. How about you put your that petty guy has grievances made a aside? Public
4: appearance since Alf was on the air, and he's going to turn shit down a Super Bowl commercial down.
3: Right. I like I said, I thought he was dead, and so did everybody else, but. Thoughts and Rest prayers. Rip Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. I didn't. I'm, I'm sorry that you're gone. Uh, I, real quick, you Mickey Rooney died, and you brought this up. You, you think, I know it
4: was a bit of a layup. Yeah. But, yeah yes. I was but, shocked
3: to learn that he was only 93. As we're trampling on people's graves here, but you, yeah. I think if we're
4: if we're going if we're burning in hell, we might as well just go down hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did pick him in the uh, death pool. That we sh- did that should be the podcast points. in December. So, yeah. you know.
3: That, that, that should be Rest negative points peace. for you.
4: Rest in peace, but one point in the Ed Victory column. Yeah, I'll,
3: g- I'll give you that one, but barely. <laughs> All right, it's time. Joining us now, everybody's favorite. She's going to keep, like, Ed and I don't know about po- uh, about wrestling, obviously, but we really don't know about what's. Popping off in Us Weekly or Star or Radar Online, TMZ, People Magazine.
4: Or just really almost anything in the world right now. She's our connection to actual society.
3: That's really true. I'm, I'm very insulated from pretty much everything except my favorite topics. And these are not them. So let's bring her on now. Joining us now with Fancy Pop. Baller Lifestyle Zone Pop Culture Correspondent Fancy Sauce. How are you doing Fancy? Hi guys,
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
3: Hey Fancy. We're we're well.
2: I got some um I got some exciting celebrity news. That's good a- because
3: a- Ed, Ed and I, as you know, are Completely insulated from this type of information, we're hashtag hetero. We don't we don't know about pop culture and what happens. Although I tried to hashtag something hetero on Twitter today, and and somebody responded, yeah, like guys who watch The Bachelor. Oh, and I, I oh yeah, I had, I had to slink <laughs> away because that guy that guy had me. That was a sick <laughs> burn. He got me. Uh, so fancy. Tell us what is happening in the world of pop culture that Ed and I need to know. All about? right,
2: here's a hetero, here's a straight hetero story for you. Johnny Depp, during a press conference for his new film in Beijing, was rocking his fiance Amber Heard's diamond ring.
4: Not <laughs> just at a press conference, the, the episode where Letterman retired, he was wearing uh, it too. Yes, I watched it. He was there wearing a, a fucking engagement ring. So, what's she wearing? Well,
2: she's got another one. Apparently, um, like one was too big, so he wore it. So now she's like got an even bigger one that she's wearing. So they've both, they're both they both wearing rocks on their fingers. Engagement at, this,
3: at this point, Johnny Depp, let's be honest, he's 80% scarves. He's right. The other 60% is bracelets and hats. A
2: lot of fan jewelry uh, on that guy.
3: A lot. He's got a lot of rings, a lot happening. He speaks in an accent. He's very affected. I,
4: very affected. I- well,
3: I, I, I don't know. You
2: know I, I think uh, him, but I I couldn't have sex with him. I I would I wouldn't be able to not laugh because wow, have, there's so I, much there's I, so much
3: jewelry. You could get hurt. I I'm glad you said that, Kate, because I feel like that. Then that's where I was kind of going. I feel like the he's lucky that he's got his hooks into a 27 year old model at this point as a 50 year old man, by the way. Right. Because I feel like the bloom, if it isn't already is nearly off the Johnny Depp rose. Like, he, his sex symbol status is about to slip away. And as much as, as affected as he is, and he pretends to be not Hollywood, you know, like all actors, he's a narcissist. And that plays into his ego, being this hot, mysterious guy that every chick wants to bang. I feel like that's slip, slip, slipping away from Johnny Depp. Yeah,
2: maybe. I don't know. Some men can get away with it, though. I mean who's a good example. I mean, his doppelganger, Keith Richards. Although, oh, yeah.
5: he, but he's
4: nobody wants to bank.
3: He's,
2: married yeah, to yeah. he's, he's to a, a sex symbol. He's
4: a, he's a rock star, but he's, he's, he's a, really a sex symbol.
2: Depp. Yeah.
4: But, but, um, but the thing so about Johnny I'm, Depp is each, each of these movies that he promotes, the pirate movies, I mean, it's probably been yeah. four of them. He becomes more of a pirate. Like if they yeah. do another two he, sequels, he's going to go full peg leg, I think.
3: Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> He he is more pirate at this you point. You know, you he, know, he's he's you know, Jimmy. I,
4: I just felt like it was it was more true to the role if I if I <laughs> if I just sawed off my leg and put a wooden <laughs> peg there. Uh, what is that uh, accent? Who, who
2: is I've, who that's is That's a he? pretty
4: good
3: impression. Hey,
2: I've never heard Ed do an impression before. That was great.
3: That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that he's wearing the ring, but it, of course it gets pressed. Like, how does anybody even notice he's a, he's got twenty eight other rings on at the same time and fourteen oh, bracelets? Big
2: skull rings he's rocking. He
4: jingles like an old pair of keys when he walks down the street. <laughs> he does, <laughs> and and he looks like a hobo. He kind of looks like an old pair of keys.
2: <laughs> yeah, he does. In this picture I'm looking at on Us Weekly at this press conference, he's wearing he's wearing a hat that's all like it's got holes in it. Like it's like a homeless person's hat.
3: And you know you know yeah. it would cost four hundred dollars. Yeah, he paid
4: big money for that. Hey, uh could could uh, you before I before I take it home, could one of you chew a hole through the top, please? That I'm 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 awed by your
3: impression. <laughs> it's really that good. Don't
2: Thank
4: you. It. I'm I'm gonna take this on the road.
3: Kato, what's next? Moving
2: on. Here's a sentence you you' <clears throat> sorry, here's a sentence you never thought you'd hear. Taylor Swift's mom and dad are accused of becoming difficult and controlling stage parents. Shocker.
3: What <laughs> What are the odds of that? Taylor Swift, who looks... How old looks, is she? L-
2: um,
3: 23?
2: Yeah, she'd be 23. Yeah. You know, I, she, I find her so annoying and inauthentic and a bunch of other things that I won't go into. But
3: Yeah, she's the fakest. She's, she's false. She carries herself with false humility. Which is the worst thing that there is? She looks like a mop. Um, she's not. She's very average pop. She's she's disposable. She'll be gone in no time. And she's for sure gonna have a meltdown. And these are the kind of parents that make these kind of people. Anybody that gets popular at a young age has these kind of parents. Are, I'm, I, I'm not oh, shocked by this at all.
2: These are parents that, when she was 14 year old years old, moved the whole family. Pennsylvania to Nashville so that you know she could pursue a career in country music
4: that's a reasonable decision for grounded parents
2: yeah exactly
4: (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. and she probably has siblings that are cutters now because they everything was focused around this you know the the girl that looks like a mop
2: and her parents aren't you know they're not simpletons by any means I mean this was a well thought out move her her dad scott is um he's a wealth management advisor and senior vice president at Merrill Lynch so wow. uh, yeah it's
3: you
2: know, it's it's similar mom, it's a similar her story mom to mom also worked you know for a mutual fund so these are two people that you know made a calculated decision um and you know and the it the, the bet paid off big time She's they treated her daughter
4: off. like a like a mutual fund
3: yeah, yeah. This, yeah, they, they they bought low and they're going to sell high. The um the same thing happened with Beyonce. Her dad was a super wealthy Xerox executive that okay. m- you know made her this project. But here's, she here's was smart one difference enough
4: between the two of them. Talent. Well, one is has a a good voice. I I can't yeah. say I like any of her music, but one is attractive and one looks like a third-grade boy that used to say, give me some skin a lot in my cafeteria.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. Yes. Ed, way to put a cap on it. Yeah. uh, Eventually she'll have some sort of falling out or hopefully a breakdown because I feel like the bloom is
2: around her. Like yeah. And her longtime publicist who, I I don't know, had been with her for years and years um, just quit with 60 days notice. So apparently they, they, Pay as little as possible, treat everyone like shit because they think that all of these people are lucky to have a chance to work with a superstar like taylor
3: yeah they'll they'll get what they deserve eventually um okay, next story uh
2: next story uh one of our favorite narcissists kanye west um, the, yes. the
3: narcissist
2: the narcissist
3: the ultimate. <laughs>
2: Kanye's just appeared on rapper Future's new single, uh, titled I Won, where he raps about his most prized conquest, Kim, uh, and her ass. In the song, he says, I want to dip that ass in gold. I want to dip that ass in gold. I made it over NBA, NFL players, so every time I score, it's like the Super Bowl. Because (laughs) that's what what you hear.
4: Yeah, haven't they both That's, already planted their flag? Yeah,
3: right, the, those it's guys like hit it and quit it.
2: Track yeah. where he's like, "I won, a
3: like,
4: oh,
2: ass." <laughs> and she,
3: is that isn't that what every woman wants to be treated like a war prize?
4: <laughs> this would be Can like I if Ecuador it? Ecuador landed on the moon right now and planted their flag, and we're like, "Yes, yes S-O-C-K-S. Like, they've been there. They're like, all right, great. Go go, get he after it, buddy. Describes
2: her, he describes her in the track as you the number one trophy wife, so it's only right to live the trophy life.
3: Wow. She's... Yeah, he even says she's a trophy. Look, he's a narcissist.
2: Super romantic. I'd be stuck yeah. if I was her.
3: And to him, what he's trying... What she is is an accessory to his greatness. So what he's saying is look at what I – I have something. It's like when you have – like when you go to a thrift store and you find like a really cool like Iron Maiden, like vintage Iron Maiden tour shirt, like Tour 83, and it fits. And it's like in pretty good shape. You wear it around. You're like, hey, check out this Iron Maiden shirt. Or you don't even have to say it. People are like, whoa, that shirt's pretty cool. And it's like anybody could have bought that shirt. But they weren't at that thrift store that day. You were. You acquired it. You have something that's really fucking cool that other people want. And it makes you feel good about yourself. Well, narcissists do that to the nth degree. They collect people and personalities because they don't have one of their own. So he's like, hey, look at this thing that I got. It's awesome. You want it, but I have it. Look at me. I'm amazing.
2: And it's not even her as a person so much as her ass.
3: It's not her as a per- – yeah, right. right. It's not her as a person. It's the thing she's known for.
2: He's so proud of.
4: How, how can he go
3: back to her?
2: That's a defining feature.
4: How can he she's, go back to her she's, and act she's, like he he values their relationship in any way? Like, hey, uh, yes, I did say that it was about your ass that I want to dip in gold, but really I just value your opinion, honey. Also, once it's dipped in gold, that's like Johnny Tremaine. You can't even use it anymore. Well, yeah, and. If anyone, if anyone's watched the movie Goldfinger, like, dipping them in gold will suffocate them and kill them. Right.
3: Exactly. You don't want to dip so maybe, in
4: anything in gold. You maybe he's advocating murder.
2: I mean, I'm going to make a prediction here and go out on a limb and say that I can see him actually making a gold bust mold thing out of her ass. And it'll be in, like, the entryway of their um, mega mansion that they're building in L.A. I'm
4: going to— that- I'm gonna make one more prediction about their relationship. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say these kids don't have what it takes to to last.
2: Oh, oh my god, Ed! Don't have what it <laughs> takes from Ed. You know what?
3: Such a hater.
4: Ed, <laughs> a- is, is he really bragging about following a power forward? Because if there's one position in sports I don't ever want to follow with a woman, it's a power forward. Well, Maybe defensive end. Yeah. Chris Humphreys. No matter what you think about him, he's a big dude. Like He's got to be packing yeah. some real heat. Even Reggie Bush is he, much bigger than Kanye West.
3: Huge dong. Yeah, Kanye West, not a big dude.
4: And as I've told you, I am unapologetic about if you're famous and I am at a urinal next to you, I am definitely checking out your meat whistle. Oh, for sure. I, I would, and I've seen I would athletes, the same. I've seen athletes, and I've got to tell you, most of them are staggering. Uh, yeah. Stop it!
3: Stop it! I don't need you know. It's I feel like I'm. I get dong shamed every day.
4: <laughs> I'm dong shamed every day just thinking about what I saw next to me with the uh, brendan spikes
3: oh, Name
4: – dong name dropper.
3: That's what I do. Unbelievable. Uh, on, on the subject of the of the gold, the bronzed ass, the gold asses. I feel like he could do something tasteful. Some tasteful fountains around the pool where it's just like. <laughs> A whole bunch of her gold asses like all around and the pool. Water
2: coming and, out of her ass.
3: Yeah, shooting like, like a pool <laughs> – and like a chlorine enema, all water shooting into the middle. And, yeah, and,
2: how can we get this to Kanye?
3: We, he, yeah, because
2: he – needs, He needs to have that.
3: He does. He definitely needs to have it. I, I, and I want credit. I want – hey, Kanye, buddy, cool. chip me off. A little finder's fee, all right?
4: Not much.
2: Just a taste.
3: Yeah, give me a taste, like five hundred K or so. You got it. You got that in your couch. All right, Kate, what's the next story?
2: Um. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just round this out with my uh, little Lindsay Lohan recap for episode. That's what we need. Episode four and five. Episode four was kind of boring. Um, it just kind of started with Oprah's, um, you know, get your shit together visit to uh, Dina Lohan's house in Long Island.
3: Speaking a narcissist, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: so Dina admits to Oprah that she might have, you know, really effed up by letting a teenage Lindsay move to California. Like, no shit. Um, right. and, and, saying, and date
3: a club promoter.
2: Right, dating a club promoter at you know nineteen, and she says, "I didn't even know the names of half the drugs she was on." I mean, like any good enabling parent.
4: <laughs> it sounds like. Good parenting. I think Doctor Spock wrote, wrote about that in his parenting book. Yeah. How
3: about you? How about you put her on a plane back to Long Island as soon as you find out she's dating a club promoter? Oh, oh, right. Because you were her manager and you needed her to chip you off that ten percent.
4: Yeah. I have to ask, she, ask you one thing about this show for somebody who who might not have uh, found out what channel the Oprah Channel is. Uh, <laughs> what what uh, what is the angle of the show? Is it just following around a train wreck, or is she like? in the middle of filming a movie or like what, what exactly is the, the kind of narrative of the show?
2: Well, the narrative Rehab? of the show, as, as I understood was to kind of like show her, show her kind of like sobriety, oh. which is falling, which is falling apart in front of our eyes and her, kind right. of like getting her life back on track. Like this is her one big shot. Like she's, She's done like a good stint in rehab. She's told everybody that this time she's not fucking around. She wants to get her life back and her career back on track. So I, yeah, that's what I thought it was about.
4: So this is supposed yeah, to fresh. show the best of her. This is like her best side.
2: Yeah, to prove to everybody that she's hireable again, mm. and she's not.
3: What now? I haven't seen episode five. Kate, I'm only through four. I didn't realize they were an hour. I've watched four of them and I was on 58, the 58th minute of episode four. And I'm like, 58 minutes. This is like a special, like, why is this one so long? And then I realized they've they've all been an hour. Uh, What what happened on episode
5: five? Well,
2: at the end of episode four, um, just quickly, her, her, um, one of her veneers falls off, which is quite, (laughs) oh, I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) And she has to go to the dentist. And was she eating hard condition. candy
4: or just fell off?
2: I don't know. It wasn't really explained. It was just one, she woke up in the middle of the night and it had come out or something. So um, for some reason, though, she has to have, she has to have a, she has to be put under, you know, with a to, combination yeah. of Valium, Fentanyl, and Propofol, which if you don't know, that's quite a cocktail.
3: Yeah, she needs an anesthesiologist to come to the dentist and put her to sleep so they can glue a a piece of a tooth back to but, the other pe- no, like normally they wouldn't even give you Novocaine for that it right.
2: the is going like yeah I need to be put under like I need those drugs I can't I can't do, do it without it so of course they yeah. give her the drugs and the director asks her does this mean you're breaking your sobriety and <laughs> Lindsay you know replies no because those drugs wear off like what yeah. What? As, yeah. like the drugs keep you flying yeah. high for like months
4: As opposed to the joint I I smoked in high school that is still under effect right now.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: That never wore off. The
3: the (laughs) martini I had last Saturday night, I'm still feeling the effects.
2: (laughs) All right. So um, last night's – sorry, on Sunday night's episode, episode five, Lindsay admits that she has in fact fallen off the wagon.
4: Yeah, no surprise. Do you see it or just hear her talk about it?
2: Um, you, no, you, you don't see it, but she talks about it. So basically what happens is she goes to LA to take some meetings and she's supposed to stay with her, uh, life coach, AJ while she's there. But, um, she gets in a bit of a thing with AJ before, uh, before she takes off because AJ had real
3: quick, (laughs) I, I was happy to learn that AJ played a small role in the first house party movie. Fun fact. Okay, I got to go tell on. you,
4: if I'm picking a uh, life coach, the first thing I'm going to ask them is, "Were you in one of the house party movies?"
3: Yeah, I I don't get my life coached by anybody that wasn't in at least one of the house parties, or or
4: save that uh, at least one of the later police academies. <laughs> There's a checklist on my on my life coach uh, application that says, "True or false, kid and play danced in your movie."
3: <laughs> True? You're in. All right. Conti- continue, Cato. Um,
2: basically, what happens is, you know, AJ Johnson has the nerve to ask Lindsay about her sobriety on camera, um, you know, as they're taping a scene for a, a reality show that is about Lindsay Lohan's sobriety. And Lindsay says to her, Ex- Why did you just say that on camera? And AJ just <laughs> tells her that Dina, the mom, had told her she was back to drinking. Um and then AJ oh said she found a bottle of wine in her house and Lindsay's Oh apartment. my god. And then Lindsay says Dina is actually the one who's drinking again is and is simply projecting onto her. And she says, There's certain things that I don't want to talk about that I feel pressured to talk about. Um, you know, which is exactly the point of what this show is about. It's like no one's told her what the show is about. It's bizarre. So she gets all upset and <laughs> Basically, she takes off to L.A. and blows AJ off. Doesn't doesn't call her. Doesn't return her calls. And also doesn't go to a meeting um, with a big Sony exec that AJ has set up for her. Just um, sleeps in. Wakes up at noon, she says. And the, um,
4: AJ's getting her meetings. Wait, wait,
2: AJ's a baller. Wait, she,
4: she missed meeting the meeting and she was sober at the time.
2: Apparently, she said she woke up at noon and the meeting was at twelve thirty, and um, so she didn't quite make it. Um, what She sleeps half the day every day. But, what sober on, if person does that? If
4: yeah, if you're sober, you never sleep into the afternoon. No.
2: No. Never. Concur. Definitely. Agreed. Um, so basically, while in L.A., the tabloids question Lindsay's sobriety. And here's what, can I play this clip? Here's what she says. Yeah.
5: Have- My friend and I went to pick up food, and she had had two of her friends over, and, you know, she had wine out. My bag's near it. I'm rushing. That's when I was going to the airport and someone takes a picture and then there's a million
2: stories. Okay, first of all, there's a picture of her in someone's house reaching for a bottle of wine.
5: She mm. just says
2: now, my friend and I were going to pick up food and I was reaching for my back, and in the same sentence, she says it's, it was when I was going to the airport. So I don't know, already there, it doesn't make sense. Then she goes on to say, I don't give
5: it any life, because there's no truth to it, and the more that I give it energy, I feel like the more people will come like feed on that.
2: Anyway, then, then now she admits to drinking alcohol a month before.
5: Being in recovery is a place where you're in this little bubble and everything is safe around you. It's really hard. And I jumped right into a relationship and I jumped right into a relationship where we weren't on the same page. I wasn't considering the fact that the person I was seeing their strength. and I had a glass of wine and I was like, I didn't... And and that was it, but it was that I just had so much guilt and and it's okay to admit it. It's really scary.
2: So... Um, yeah, her sobriety is going really well. This, I got to say out. one one thing,
4: one thing that's probably worse than her falling off the wagon, like for studio executives, is every time she talks, it sounds like it's the fucking omen. What, what's with that music in the background?
2: That's oh my God. And, <laughs>
4: This is the scariest music ever. Somebody's coming out of those edges sh- with a hatchet when she talks.
3: And that cigarette voice. It sounds like she's waking up every morning and eating a carton of cigarettes before she before AJ makes her her omelet.
2: The funniest part of episode five to me, though, was she has all her stuff delivered from L.A., like boxes and furniture. And, like, it's a huge truck. It's like, I don't know. It's the biggest truck there is. And these moving guys start bringing up all these boxes. And basically, she's asleep till noon again. And of course. she finally gets up and starts freaking out that there's boxes in her apartment on moving day and that there's so many boxes.
4: Well, she, she's
3: clearly a hoarder. Um, I, I need to know, cause I know that eventually she fires the assistant Matt but I need to know if anyone is going to acknowledge his hairpiece before this series ends because it's—I'm obsessed with it. It looks like it's made of some sort of netting with hair on top. It may or may may not be sewn to his real hair.
2: He's fancy Matt with a hairpiece and a three piece. I love him.
3: Yeah. I love him. He needs his own show, and I need a, an episode of that show to be devoted to his hair. What is it? Is it glued on? Is it sewed on? Is it plugs? I don't think it's plugs. It's not. Uh, I need to know what is going on with that I, kid's hair and why he's always wearing a suit. My
2: favorite, my favorite Matt, um, Matt scene in this episode is that Lindsay can't find a sheet, a fitted sheet, to put on her bed. And Matt has told, since told all the movers, that um, there's too many boxes, so we can't fit the furniture in. So he's asked them to put every single box back on this truck. The truck is filled with boxes. And the moving guys are like, basically, they go, the reloading process never happens. This is the second time in 25 years this has happened. So after the truck is completely reloaded and they can't find a fitted sheet for her bed, Fancy Matt goes downstairs and says to the bros, Hey guys, do you think you could find and pull out that box of bedding? <laughs> you guys look at me, I'm like, No, go fuck yourself.
3: How about Matt runs to Bed Bath and Beyond? Where where is this right. place? And
2: the big part is that she has she goes and, and tries to sell some of her, you know. Uh, designer clothes. Downstairs, there's a, a consignment store that takes designer stuff. So they give her like the value of the stuff um, that she takes down. They give her like $4,000. She then, instead of taking the cash and going and buying some sheets from Bed Bath & Beyond, she immediately goes and finds stuff in the store that she's just sold to, other stuff valued more than $4,000, and buys it. So really good. Love it. Being made. I love it. And, that, well, and that's about it. That's what happens. Outstanding. Oh, AJ, AJ basically, when she comes back from LA, Lindsay gives her the run around and um, she cancels filming and she cancels meetings with her. And basically AJ's like, I'm done. I can't help her.
3: AJ's a professional. I get that. She's out. I understand where AJ's coming from. Team AJ.
2: Right. I'm team AJ. So everyone's just, um, everyone's getting sick of the bullshit pretty quickly.
3: Uh, yeah, I can see it. She's Lindsay's a mess. Even if she's not drinking and drugging again, she's white-knuckling her sobriety. She should be in hospital dealing with herself and her issues and her shitty, shitty upbringing by horrible, narcissistic parents. But we'll see. We'll see. Like, hey, let's watch. Let's watch her downfall because oh, it's on TV. I'm, Good job, Oprah. I'm
2: watching. There's no way I'm not. Yeah. All right, guys. Out, thank you. That's it. All.
3: all right, good job, Fancy Sauce. Excellent work as always. Everybody loves your segment. Remember, guys, Fancy Sex at the dot Submit your sex and relationship questions to you. be answered. Yeah, what's that? I can help you. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you'll get a male and female perspective from Fancy Sauce and myself, or you know, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll go on a case by case basis. Uh, also, send your just general show stuff for Ed and I to answer to mailbag at the dot We'd love interacting that way, and we want to find ways to get more and more involved with the listener. So check out, uh, send us an email to mailbag at the dot com. All right, guys. Good job today. Peace yeah, and good chicken job, us. All right. Yeah, good job, us. Uh, all right. For Ed Daly, for Fancy Sauce, I'm Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from the theballerlifestyle.com. We'll check you next week.
2: Bye. Bye. All right. Good job, guys. I never know how many buys you could buy this today. Yeah I, 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 yeah.
4: I feel like I uh, I already gave my closing. Oh, That's okay. okay. Um, we'll – I'll fix it in post.
0: Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cashback one more time. We match all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com match. Limitations apply.
1: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?